Welcome to The Greenhouse Effect. Our hope is that this podcast would be like a greenhouse to help you get unstuck and grow in your full potential because life ought to be fully lived. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is your host, Steve Perkins. And I'm Tommy Thompson. And I hope you're doing well. We are really excited about this topic we're on called Defining Your Margins. And like we said, and like we did previously, we're doing kind of a mini series because we recognize it's it's a big topic and there's lots of areas or categories of life where it plays out. And so if you listen back, the first episode was just kind of putting some thought around this concept in general. What are we talking about? Why does it matter? And today we want to dive into one of the specific categories of time and how margin plays into time. Uh, And there's a lot to say there. So we're going to devote this whole episode to it. Uh, That's right. Yeah. So I I think uh, to step back for a minute, how practical is this idea of margin? And I know that the uh, immediate reaction, the natural tendency is for someone to go, well, that's easy for you to say. If you had my life, if you had all the things that are on my plate, you'd realize it's not possible. It's, it's, it's unrealistic to think that you could live a spacious life. Uh-huh. So I want to actually emphasize, just for those who are listening, where this came out of in my own life. I mean, this was at the stage of the busiest stage of of life. It was with small kids. It was running four different businesses. It was being immersed in practically a full-time job volunteering at, at the church. It was trying to do everything. It was the midst of kind of what so many people are experiencing. And that's where I began tackling this, you know, when it seemed completely impossible to live otherwise. So I really want to encourage that regardless of your circumstances, regardless of how much, that there's at a minimum a lot of room for progress and growth in this area. And even a little bit of breathing room can be experienced as tremendous freedom. That is helpful. And, And, you know, I think similar to that objection that people might have, which I, I've had many times, I continue to have many times. And another one is, but the busy, frantic life is kind of fun. Like, there's actually a lot of fulfillment that I get out of trying to run from one thing to another and be crazy busy. And what do you say about that? Well, part of this, we need to realize that busyness is an addiction. We actually get wired and we get used to going really fast and to slow down to do something is going to feel uncomfortable and uh, it's like that awkward silence. It's going to feel that way at first until we get actually acquainted with breathing again, with having a little space. So that's part of it is we're actually addicted to always having something going on, which is why we pull out our phone every five seconds, because we wouldn't know what to do if we didn't do that. Yeah. So part of it's that. The other part is that our self-worth is tied to our busyness. So if, if you ask anybody, how you doing? What's the first response? 
I'm so busy. Right. <laughs> because if you're not busy, then you must not be very important. Right. You must not be very valuable. But if you're completely overwhelmed and exhausted, you must be a pretty important person. So our self-worth is actually tied into this sense that life is frantic and overwhelmed. So it's hard to actually admit. It feels like it would be saying we're not important if we said, oh, everything's going well, man, just uh, you know, enjoying some time off. And, uh, <laughs> you know, wrong, not man? that busy. Actually, actually practiced for a while of any time someone would say, are you busy? No, not oh, really. Oh, that's great. I didn't know that. I've been trying that too. Yeah. No, not not too bad. It's yeah. actually, everything's going pretty smoothly. And I've been trying to ask differently too, because we tend to just ask like, oh, what do you do? Or, you know, what have yeah. you been up to? And trying to ask a different question. It's almost hard. It's hard. <laughs> oh, and it's so funny because it's pretty often when someone says, you know, are you really busy? And I go, no, not really. And I go, really? It's like, <laughs> Jerk. are you kidding? Is that What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, again, these are different things, but but that wiring is actually inside of us that wants to go that fast. So we actually have to counteract that yeah. to get comfortable again with doing things like playing with our daughter. Yeah. Well, that's helpful because I think these are just real objections that, I mean, I would almost expect everyone listening to be wrestling with. Yeah. Um, so I, I think our heart here is we just want to be real about this stuff. And it, you bring up a point that, that made me think, I was kind of reflecting as you were talking on this past week, that um, I had a really relaxing weekend where I did enjoy the margin. And typically I would feel a little anxious if things weren't uh, moving along and happening. And I think it's partly because I planned it. Like, I wonder if part of this as well is, the expectations game. Oh, absolutely. One of the first exercises that I did when I realized that I had to find some margin in my life was I practiced the Sabbath. Mm. So I did this somewhat out of a Christian context, but also out of just a necessity. So we took Sunday and said, I'm not allowed to do any work during that day. And because I'd given myself permission, it was now kind of a rule, something that I was obligated to do, I felt this unbelievable freedom. It was all of a sudden okay to not do something, and it, it helped so much. But otherwise, you almost feel irresponsible yeah. for taking your breath, Yeah, you know, taking some time off. You know. Well, this marginless life, let's talk a minute about why have we allowed this to happen to ourselves? Because I think what we're saying here is there's no, we're not trying to assign good or bad judgment anywhere. It's just a reality of our culture that we've kind of allowed it to happen to ourselves. And where does that come from? Well, I do think that we have a lot of identity tied up in our busyness. You know, I, I realized this past summer, I took much more time off than I normally have. I took a great golf vacation. I took a couple weeks here. I had you know, a good amount of time off. I'm at a stage in life that's a reasonable thing to do. But I naturally felt like I had to apologize mm. when someone would say, how's your summer going? And say, well, I've had a lot of time off. But, you know, I guess I've kind of earned it this stage. I, <laughs> yeah. I was going through qualifiers, all these qualifiers all because yeah. I felt guilty mm -hmm. for actually doing this. So my identity is actually tied in to being an important person and an important person is a busy person that doesn't have any any margin. 
So I have to actually redefine my identity to say, no, that's not actually what makes me valuable. You know, and it's actually not what makes me effective. I can be effective by being a better prioritizer. And I can deal with what's more important, and that's the relationships in my life. So I have to actually work at the deeper stuff of redefining our identity and identi- uh, redefining it in a way that isn't associated with our busyness and the speed with which we work. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> it's tough. It, uh-huh. it, and and that's what I first learned when I started practicing this, is I thought once I got the concept that I should have margin in my life. I thought it was going to be easy, and I realized how tough it is because of how deeply it's it's wired into all that I do. Yeah. Well, and we were talking about it before the episode started, that the Calm app or the mindfulness movement, some of these things are so popular, and some of the most popular things right now in culture, probably because this is such a a gap and such a problem. Oh, it is. I mean, how can an app that just has 15 seconds of nothing be the number one seller on the app store? You know, calm. It's just the problem is so pervasive that now we just buy into it and go, oh, yeah, but there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Well, there is. And it's not going to get easier. Things are just going to move faster and they're going to be more consuming. It's just going to get more difficult, and unless we learn to intentionally live differently, um, we're just going to get swallowed by it. Yeah. Well, I like that. And the identity piece and even the belief piece, because I think there was a good period of time for me where I didn't believe that uh, life with margin would be better. I actually believed that that sounds that sounds not good. That sounds boring, or that doesn't sound like... Um, it's as full. And so I think one of the things that hits me about this topic is what you said in the first episode that um, a, f- a fuller life actually requires more space. So it's a, it's a bit of a rewiring. Right. And I think it's what's fun about the series to me is some of that's hitting me as we're talking. So I'm realizing how much of a rewire that really is. It takes a lot of kind of, um, resetting your your mindset or that story that that you well and that's one of the things we want to do on this podcast is just provoke a lot of thought well we're provoking it too much over here all right (laughs) so so let's dive into the first category we want to hit on Uh, like we mentioned there's a bunch of them and we're happy to hear uh your thoughts as a listener if there's other categories you want us to touch on but today's is all about time yeah and so uh Rather than kind of talk about it conceptually, I'd like to just give uh, three or four practical ideas of trying out this margin thing and and talking about it conceptually. All right. So one of the ideas for margin is margin between meetings. Uh, you and I, we've we've talked about this. There is a massive difference in the experience of a day when we go from back-to-back-to-back meetings, coaching or consulting with someone, and there's no time in between the meetings. You know, we come out of that day exhausted, number one. We also feel a little frantic and like, 
well, I don't know that I gave my best because mm-hmm. I just had to rush right in from one to another. And so it actually doesn't go as well. And so what I've learned is if I build into my schedule margin, uh, a space in between meetings, of uh, um, not ridiculous amount of space, but enough to actually gather my thoughts, catch my breath, relax for a moment, then the quality of the meetings is doubled or tripled. And my sense of exhaustion at the end of the day is half. It makes me think this is going back a number of episodes. We talked about the difference between busy versus hurried. And so hurried is more of a state internally. Right. That is that frantic, anxious, tight, not peaceful, not joyous state. And busy, uh, you know, depending how you define it, could is actually you can be busy on the outside and still peaceful on the inside. And that's one of the things I've noticed is I've started to lean into this idea more in meetings is I can still have an intense meeting or a day with lots lots of things to cover, lots of agenda items, or just a lot of mental intensity. But when there's that margin there, it's actually a very peaceful state. I'm not hurried. You could call it quote unquote busy um, because there is a lot of fullness in the day, but it's actually a very calm and present state that I'm in because of the margin. Yeah, absolutely. When when we don't feel that sense of rush associated with things mm. and we can give our full attention because we've taken some time to breathe in between the meetings, then we find that we may not have actually decreased the number of meetings that we've had, uh, but the meetings are so much better. And in that sense, we are more productive. Yeah, <laughs> because our meetings are better, but we've been able to do it at a much more enjoyable pace. So true. So yeah, uh, there's a night. I mean, not exaggerating. It's a night and day difference by simply adding that little margin before and after or in between meetings. Absolutely. So that's a practical thing that I think virtually anybody can put into practice. In their days, the busier you are, the more substantial the impact of that small change will be. That's right. And we've said it before. I'll say it again. If you're saying, yeah, but, you know, I work in an environment where things get put on my calendar. Like I don't get I don't have the ownership to to make those decisions. I would challenge you to look for places where you can create gaps. I remember I was in a meeting recently and this concept came up and somebody raised their hand and said, oh, well, the way I do it is I just block off certain chunks ahead of time so no one can fill those in. And everyone's going, how do you do that? And he's like, well, it was just a little intentionality. Like, I still own my calendar, even though I'm in this this cultural context with other stuff going on. Well, sure. And we also have the ability to, to end the meeting five minutes early. Right. Like we said, it's just because Microsoft or Google made it in half hour and hour chunks on on the calendar doesn't mean you have to fill that whole time. <laughs> exactly. So we have more control than we think of, you know, for this. And it's not at the expense of being effective. Right. In fact, we are more effective when we practice this kind of margin in our life. So that's like one concrete idea. I'll double that. Oh. If 
you add margin in your life for preparation for meetings and for your activities in the day, your effectiveness will grow exponentially, not just double, exponentially. When I've learned to build in a chunk of time, it doesn't have to be a lot, might be 10 minutes, might be 15, might be more than that for a really important meeting. And I think carefully through what it is that I want to accomplish. What are the dynamics of this meeting going to be? How am I going to approach this? The meeting is triple in effectiveness than if I go in and do what I typically was prone to do, and that's wing it. Yeah, and I would I would add to that that something I've learned through coaching in particular is we tend to think of something like this purely in terms of the agenda and what's going to happen in the meeting. But you kind of alluded to it that how you go into that meeting, kind of your your presence, your aura, your character, it's a whole other layer of the equation we often leave out. And so if we're in a hurried, frantic, marginless space, you often go into a relationship, conversation, meeting, etc., and you bring that baggage with you. And it actually wow. kind of affects the relationship. I'm sure everyone listening has experienced this, especially, you know, with spouse or somebody you live with. It's it's like, oh man, it's like this punch in the face if you come in with that wearing that kind of emotion versus coming in having thoughtfully prepared and kind of in a more um, present state. Uh, that That's a totally different um relationship you're building. Again, this is something you can try very easily. You can take, you know, one day next week, you yeah. know, and you can say, okay, for this day, I'm going to prepare thoroughly for each event. I'm going to think it through, write down some thoughts and see what the experience is like if you give that extra time and that margin to prepare. I think you will find that it's nothing but positive. Yeah. Uh, Well, I love that action item, especially just one day in a week, because then you can kind of juxtapose it against the the normal days and just and just observe what what is different or how do you experience it? Well, plus you'll experience exactly what we're talking about about at the beginning, you'll actually see it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the problem. We don't think it's possible. We, we don't think we can change true. our schedules. We don't think we have time to prepare because of all the things on on our plate. Well, it is possible. So try it one day and experience it and see what you think. All right. You've inspired me, Tommy. I'm even I'm trying. I'm committing. I'm trying it tomorrow. Good. Good. <laughs> so no one has an excuse listening. All right. So let me give one last thought and then uh, you can mull on this. Everybody can try practicing this. And that's creating some margin at the beginning and the end of the day. You know, if if you and I, and we've talked about this on some other episodes, began the day with some space, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, even more, to think about the day, to think about what's important, to reflect on life, but even to prioritize the day, the enjoyment coming out of that, and the same thing at the end of the day, allowing ourselves to wind down and decompress. If we did that, I think we would find the quality of our days massively improved. Yeah, I I totally second that. And, you know, since the more we've been talking about it, 
Um, I'll just share this because I've started to try to fold that in a bit um, in my marriage as well. And at the end of the day, especially trying to trying to create some of that margin for reflection together too. And it's just cool. I've noticed we we're in a phase of life, like you mentioned, little kids and everything where it's hard to connect. And I find when we create that space, um, we just have some good conversation. Whereas a lot of the other time we're together, it's, it's task driven and it's, it's, you know, everything's urgent and reactionary. And so I think it's good for ourselves and also for, you know, the people and the relationships that are really important. That's great. So give a few of these ideas a try. Um, Love to hear from people about what works and what doesn't work. And I'm sure so many people have worked on some of these things themselves. But I think the benefits are are huge. They are doable. I really want to repeat that. They are doable. There's room for improvement wherever you are. And that improvement is a place that you will gain life. Here at The Greenhouse Effect, we are big fans of our friends at Belay Solutions. They are a company that provides virtual assistants and bookkeepers and social media managers. We want to give you a taste of what it's like to work with Belay from one of their clients. His name is Dave Richards, the CEO and lead coach for Elite Performance Associates. Belay saved me. When I was focused on growing my business, you know, I can think of recently um, I was working with a high profile, uh, you know, federal government agency on a conference for them. And it had a lot of moving parts. You know, my VA allowed me to confidently let go of all of those things and just focus solely on preparing content and delivering a high value program to the client. Belay follows up with me. How can I give more this constant prodding of you know, how do you, how can we help you more? How can we pull more from your plate so that you can do, you know, what you're meant to do and what you're best at? If you resonate with any of this and you want more information, we have partnered with Belay to offer $200 off of your startup costs. And if you want to learn more about that or have a free consultation with a member of the Belay team, just click the link in the show notes or go to belaysolutions.com backslash next step. Okay, Tommy, give us our book reco for the day. Uh, This is another book that's along the veins of everything that we're talking about and I think is uh, one of the really well-written books. Uh, It's called Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung. And um, as you can tell from the title, it's about the fact that all of us are living crazy busy lives. And is that the way we have to live? Is that what we've been relegated to? So give that book a try. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe and come on, do us a favor. Leave a five-star review. It'll help others find the show too. 